Welcome to the Acts Church Leander podcast. You can join us on Facebook or in person every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Good morning, everyone. So we're going to be reading from John chapter 13, verse 1 through 17. And it says, It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Thank you so much, Mr. Rene. I'm going to invite you guys, you're good, uh, to pray with me. Heavenly Father, Lord, you're good. Uh, Lord, you're a servant. Uh, Lord, you modeled a different way of living uh, than what we see in the world. Lord, I pray that in this time as we encounter you in your word that we're drawn closer to who you would have us be. And let me pray. Amen. All right. I believe this is going to work. There we go. That's all right. Uh, <laughs> We are uh, continuing our red letter challenge, where we've been using that devotional to look at the words of Jesus and, and how they affect our life. And then they've been bundled in different types, different themes that Jesus talked about. So we talked about the first week about being with God and how important it is just to spend time with him in prayer, through scripture, through Christian community. The second week, last week, was about forgiveness. Grant did a great job unpacking this God who forgives us, and because he forgives us, we're called to live differently. And, and this week, we're looking at service. And as I was thinking through, okay, like Jesus served a lot of people, right? That was kind of a big deal for him, right? Everywhere Jesus went, the hungry people were fed, the broken, the sick people were healed. Everywhere Jesus went, things got better, because all he literally did was walk around and serve the world. It's not an exaggeration to say it was almost like everywhere Jesus went, like flowers would just start to appear, right? And not literally, but everywhere Jesus went, life started to appear. The life that was meant to be 
pre-us grabbing that apple in the garden. Jesus served, and so there was a lot of different examples that I could go to, but, but it's this story specifically. At, at the Last Supper, where, where just in the Gospel of John, this is the only account that it's there, but John was considered Jesus' best friend, and this is the last Gospel that was written, and he wanted the church to know the story. He wanted to emphasize the type of Messiah, the type of friend the type of God that he found in Jesus. And so he recounts the story of Jesus washing his disciples' feet. And a little bit of context to this story, uh, the world was really messy at that point. Uh, There was a lot of division. There was a lot of anger. In fact, just that one week, things had been nuts. It had started with Palm Sunday where Jesus enters into the city and everyone's screaming, Hosanna, the son of God, the son of David is here, this new king who's going to come in and do all the things we want him to. And it had changed from that to where literally while Jesus is hanging out with his disciples, the Pharisees are getting together a group, a mob, that will come to crucify him. Right? This had been this huge swing, all this political uproar, all this culture. Doesn't that sound mildly familiar to our current state of affairs? Right? And, and so that's, that's the story of this, right? And then it goes on, and John's going to tell us this. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that the hour had come to leave this world and return to the Father. He loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, Right? And now he would love them to the very end. This is the final time that they're going to hang out. And I'm going to separate that from be together. Because Jesus, after he dies, right, he comes back to life, he sees them again. But there's a difference between seeing someone, kind of being on mission with them, and what Jesus would do normally with his disciples. Because Jesus spent three and a half years with these dudes. They ate together. They played together, they worked together, they were on mission together. But three and a half years, these were his best friends. And this is the last time they actually get to hang out together. This is the last time they're just going to be able to laugh and to share stories in the same way that they had the previous three and a half years. And, and that time is special. That time is important. It's almost like... <laughs> what I kept going back to, I'm not sure how many of y'all have gone to college or even high school would be the same thing, right? Where you're, you're graduating and life is about to change, right? You're, that's group that you had before. All of you are going to go in separate directions. You've ever had those moments with friends where you just know, like, this is the last time we're really going to hang out like this. That, that's what Jesus is doing with his disciples. And so what does he use that time for? Well, scripture says... He's like, I want to show you how much I love you. Not, not just in words, not just in thoughts, but, but through action. And so, so what is that action? Well, we have it here. It was time for the supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. All right? And this is huge, because John's or Judas's betrayal doesn't disqualify him with what Jesus is about to do. Think about that for a second. Like, like this is his crew. Right? These are his best friends. And he knows that Judas has already sold him out. If there was anyone who does not deserve to be at that table, at that hangout, it would be Judas. But Jesus still loves him. 
Jesus still invites him to the dinner. He's still willing to serve him that way. This is huge for what he's about to do next, right? Because then, what does he do? Jesus knew that the Father had given him all authority and that everything uh, was under his command from God and he would return to God, right? So Jesus has control over everything. And again, this is a, <laughs> a big part of the story. With the way the culture was at that moment, think about this. With all the political upheaval, Jesus could have fixed it. He could have come down, Zeus-style, lightning at his back, and like, y'all have screwed this up long enough, right? All this petty division, all this bickering, all this talking behind each other's back, all this war, all authority had been given to Jesus. But instead of coming down with lightning bolts, instead of coming down with judgment and anger, instead of coming down with self-righteousness. And y'all, Jesus had the right to be self-righteous. Like, Jesus was always in the right. right? He, he always chose the high road. He always chose the right way. And yes, at times, he was very clear with the, with the community around him what was right and what was wrong. Right? He didn't hide. He wasn't afraid of truth. But he also wasn't self-righteous in the fact that he was going to prioritize that over being in relationship with people, into loving people, loving even Judas, the guy who's betraying him actively. I still love you. I still serve you. Even though I'm in control, that, that's not the road that he takes. He takes a very different road. So he got up, Jesus, from the table. He took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, poured water into a basin. And then he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. Now, this is a, this is a weird story. We actually do this when we uh, do First Communion with our students, right? Because this is the Last Supper. And so it's, it's a way to model what, what service looks like. So it's weird. You have parents like washing their kids' feet. And this is a strange experience, especially, you know, modern day. But the historical significance of this is massive. All right. So let's go back in the way back machine. Pre-cement, pre-streets, right, that are either brick or whatever else. Like, so it's just, it's all dirt roads. There are livestock everywhere, right, whether it's donkeys or sheep, right? They're all, and what happens when you mix dirt and livestock. Farmers in this church know what I'm talking about, right? There's all kinds of stuff on the ground. And people don't have showers, right? There's no running water at this point. In fact, people would bathe once a week, sometimes once a month, right? But the worst part of your body, the smelliest part of your body, the dirtiest part of your body, the nastiest part of your body, was your feet, right? And, and so there was a tradition where if you were going to go to a party, you're going to be indoors, you're going to be smelling stuff anyway, the host would have someone wash your feet. And it would be a servant. It was the lowest position because it was the dirtiest part of the body. 
Nasty. And Jesus takes that position. He wanted to show the extent of his love for them. He wanted to show them how much I love you. And I like to say, if you ever wonder how much God loves you, he loves you this much. You remember that game, play with kids, right? Do you love me this much? Do you love me this much, this much, this much? Okay, this is the cross, right? And, and he loves us this much, right? But this is all of us. With his best friends, he wanted something a little more intimate. Something a little deeper, a little more personal. So he gets down on his knees and he washes their feet. And he pours into them. He says, this is how much I love you. This is what service looks like for a servant Messiah, a servant hero, a, a servant king. The story goes on. And when Jesus came to Simon Peter, though, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you don't understand now, but you're going to get it someday. I love this promise of God. Just as an aside, you don't understand now, but you will someday. There is a lot of brokenness in this world right now. And the world itself, right? Ukraine and Russia and China, just all kinds of mess there. Our, our country is a mess right now. Our families are a mess right now. North Austin is a mess right now. My life is a mess right now. And there are times where I don't get why God is doing certain things, right? Where I don't understand, why now? Why this way? Why this or that or whatever? And, and that promise of Jesus, you don't understand now, but you will someday. Y'all, I love Jesus' posture here because that, all of us need to hear that. That there are going to be times in our life, seasons in our life, where we just don't get it. We're confused and we're broken and we're looking up and like, what the literal? This is hell on earth. And God says, you don't understand now, but you will someday. Again, this whole little section of scripture is so much about the posture of Jesus and, and how he relates to people and how he serves people. So he gets in this argument with Peter, right? Peter's like, wait, wait a second. You're, 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 the, you're the top guy on the totem. You're the highest person in the pyramid. Are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus is like, yeah, you, you don't get it. But don't worry. You'll, you'll catch on. Right? So Peter protests and he says, you will never wash my feet. I love Peter. Dude, I am so much Peter. Peter, you never have to wonder where he stands. Right? You know people in your life that are like that? Lindsey Gumto is kind of like that. Mick Ambrose, I see you chatting back there. Yeah, you're definitely like that. Right? People who you don't have to worry. Right? about where they stand. That's Peter. So Jesus is doing this and he's like, no, get away from me. I don't, you are not going to wash my feet, Peter says, because he believed that level of service and sacrifice was beneath Jesus. Jesus' stature in Peter's mind disqualified him from that level of service. But what we see in Scripture, what we see in the Gospels, what we see modeled as our servant, Savior, King, 
is the promise, the affirmation, the truth that no, that's not how this works. Scripture goes on. So Jesus replied, you see, Peter, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. So now, okay, so Peter's like, hey, if you want to be a part of this team, you got to do this. And so then Peter, again, just throwing it all out there. Well, then wash my hands and my head as well, Lord, not just my feet. He's like, oh, hey, if I'm in, if we're really doing this, then we're going all in, Jesus, right? He wants all of it. But Jesus replied, no, 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 a person who is bathed does not need to wash everything except for his feet to be entirely clean. And he says, and you are my disciples are clean. Our faith starts by letting God serve us. The starting place of all of our faith is with God moving first. Full stop. We don't build a pyramid to God. We don't build a stairway to heaven as the song goes. We tried that with Babel. It didn't work out particularly well. No, our faith starts with Jesus serving us, making us clean, loving us, dying for us, coming back to life for us, inviting us into a relationship with him. He is the prime mover. He's the starting place. It's not the ending place of our faith. Now, once he starts serving us, what we're going to see is there is a backspin of that. And that spin is what he was calling his disciples to do. But not all of you are clean, right? Because now he's talking about Judas, for Jesus knew who would betray him. That's what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean, right? But even then... Judas got the same invitation. And again, for us as Christians who still wrestle and are broken and at times betray God with our thoughts or with our words or with our deeds, the invitation of, I still want to make you clean, is there. I I still want to serve you. And in fact, I'm still going to give you the opportunity to serve as well because that's where Jesus goes next. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. Teacher and Lord. Rabbi. The guy with the answers. And Lord, literally it meant master. It was a position of authority. He was right. He taught what was right. And he was the master. But, but he didn't use that to lord over them, to, to play by the world's rules. How the world plays an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, or the world plays, I have power now, so I get to choose what you do. Teacher and Lord, and since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. I've given you an example to follow, so do as I have done to you. 
Jesus models a life of service. Throughout his entire ministry, that's what he did. That's what it was all about. How, how do we love? How, are, how does he love us? But then again, there, there is always not a catch, but a responsibility to it. To love and to serve like he loves and serves us. To, to not say, well, that's beneath me. I can't serve that way. I'm an adult now. I, I, I'm a pastor. Or, or I'm this or I'm that. Whatever it is, what we see in Jesus is there is no hierarchy in the kingdom. It's just his people serving one another. And so I tell you the truth, he says, slaves are no greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you do these things, God will bless you for doing them. We're blessed by the upside down kingdom. Friday was weird for me. Friday was my birthday. Woohoo! Got to hang out with Erica. Thank you. I appreciate it again. Uh, eat some good food, found a new Indian restaurant. Uh, and at 10 a.m., the Supreme Court decision came down. Uh, and I am not uh, too arrogant enough not to tell you what my initial thought was. On my birthday, God, you made us more divided. Yes! Right? That was literally my initial reaction. It wasn't whether what I thought about the decision or anything else like that. I was just like, oh, no. Oh, oh, no. Right? And, and, and I, have, I, have, I have personal beliefs about the decision. Um, I mean, one of the reasons why I took this call to this church uh, was because we helped start Acts of Love, right? The most beautiful pro-life ministry I've ever been a part of. Right, that any mom in the Leander ISD middle school or high school uh, student would get free childcare to get through high school. I'm like, yes, Christians should be doing that. That is Jesus all over it. Um, but but I, was, I was really untroubled on my birthday. I couldn't figure out why. So I was praying, I was thinking, and I was reflecting, and just all of this stuff, right? And then it hit me. The reason why I was so untroubled wasn't because what the world was doing. My job is not to be in charge of the world. And I'm not in charge of anybody, but like that's definitely not my lane. I was troubled. I was disconcerted from how Christians were responding on both sides. Because it wasn't this. Right? We weren't modeling Jesus serves us this way. Jesus loves us this way. Instead, we were being self-righteous. Everyone was being self-righteous. Everyone was so sure they were right. Everyone was so sure that they had the right answer, the right indignation or celebration. And it just broke my heart. Because that's not the Jesus who modeled. That's not the Jesus who invites and serves us. And we have an opportunity to take a different path. 
Because again, remember how I started this? Remember how this started? All authority had been given to him. He was in charge. He could have fixed it, y'all. He would have been the perfect Supreme Court. He could have taken that role and said, this is right and this is wrong and do this and do... He could have done that. He could have set up his own little kingdom. But he had bigger dreams. He, he had deeper dreams. And so he tells his disciples, y'all, this is the way. Not, not by standing judgment over people. Not by saying, ha ha, I told you so. Or how dare you? But instead by saying, watch me. This is how much I love you. I'll serve you. I'll do the nastiest job because this is the extent of my love, Scripture says. Y'all, that is deep. And then he looks at him and he goes, did you see what I just did for you? This is my upside-down kingdom, and you will be blessed by it. That you don't have to get bought up into the whirlwind, the chaos, the hurt. Instead, we get to model and live something different. And y'all, that's messier, and that's harder than just taking a stand putting up a Facebook post or sending out a text message chain. But it's deeper. And do you know how many governments have gone and come since Jesus was here? <laughs> Literally hundreds. All of them thinking they were it. All of them thinking this decision, this type, this way was the pinnacle of civilization. And they all disappear. But what Jesus was up to the invitation and the love and the service. Y'all, we're in this building. You're on this live stream because it's still going forward. It's still paying forward. And that, y'all, that's the secret sauce. That allows us as Christians to be different, to think differently, to serve differently. And then that, that's part of what this whole red letter challenge is. What you're going to see through the service section, the service theme, is this uh, acronym, AJ loves acronyms, uh, B-Y-S-S-I-W, right? And my gosh, and the LCMS, man, we were like the king of acronyms. And of course, this is an LCMS, but right? Like, just like, of course, we would come up with another one, right? Uh, but this is, because you said it, I will. And, and it's a posture of Jesus. So as we reflect on the words of Jesus, this is kind of like the modern day WWJD, what would Jesus do? But, but a little more specific, to really look at his words and say, because you said this, I will. So because you said, turn the other cheek, mm, that one stung, but God, I'm going to turn the other cheek. Be, because you said, serve like I served, I will. Because you said, love your neighbor as yourself, I will. Because you said, serve like this, live like this, have a posture like this, I will. This whole theme, this whole section is going to end with challenges of things like, hey, uh, go serve someone who can't serve you back. Challenges that are going to get us out of our comfort zone, that are going to have us reaching out to people that we hey, maybe not talked to in a while or that kind of unsettle us a little bit, but to serve like he served, to love like he loved, even Judas. Even the guy who would betray him still got the same love and support from Christ. 
I'm excited to see with that level of service, with that posture, and how that can change an already chaotic time and point a compass way forward for each and every one of us. I'm going to pray. I'm going to invite the band back up. Uh, we're going to sing a little bit, reflect a little bit. Uh, but before we do, we're going to confess um, and just be honest that, you know what, we, we don't like to serve like that. Um, we, we like to be self-righteous. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, we come before you in confession that all too often our actions and our words look just like the rest of the world. Lord, instead of adding your love and your posture of service and humility, Lord, we come in with pride and arrogance. Lord God, and your word says that those are not the actions of the kingdom of heaven. But Lord, we are bold to confess because your word says that when we confess, you are faithful and just and you will forgive us of all unrighteousness, all unhealthy relationships, all the brokenness, all the hurt, Lord, and you clothe us in the righteousness of Christ. And so we are forgiven. Our sins are no longer held against us. And we are called to live in that same love of forgiveness and service as well. Thanks for listening. You can learn more about us by visiting our website at actschurchleander.com.